0: From a small town in Tennessee to leading a house collective in Gainesville, Florida, music is an amazing thing and an amazing journey. Learning about a whole different genre in 2018 ended up leading Niche to a brand new outlook on life and music. Hey, I'm Rob. I'm the host of the Take a Shot Me podcast. I've traveled the world, worked on radio stations, and managed artists. Now I want to interview some of the best new artists I like and drink with them. On this week's episode of Take a Shot Me, I sit down with Niche, aka Young Niche. Niche is a Florida based, Buffalo born DJ producer. He moved from Tennessee to South Florida as a senior in high school, went to Emory University, and then transferred to Florida University. An abroad trip to Spain led Niche To learn all about underground tech house music, which completely changed his musical taste. Wanting to learn how to DJ after coming back to the US has now led him to opening up for the likes of West End and John Summit. In this episode, I chat with Niche about his House Hats collective crew, why he decided to DJ only house music, starting his own lacrosse company, where he feels the most at home after moving around a bunch throughout his life, and we get some explanation from Niche on some interesting photos he has posted onto his IG. I had a really informative chat with Niche about his musical taste and And life. So let's get into the interview. But first, please do share this episode. Follow us at Take a Shot Me Music on Instagram. Follow Niche on IG. Follow the show on Spotify. And rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yet, without further ado, here is a snippet of Niche's newest track, Maria. Welcome to the show. My name is Rob and you are listening to the Take a Shot with Me podcast, a show where I ask questions and we take shots, giving rising artists and producers a platform to speak. On today's show, I'm sitting down with Nish. Nish or Nissan Singh, hopefully I pronounced that right, or Young Nish as his IG states, is a DJ producer who was born in Buffalo, New York, moved to Tennessee, and now resides in Florida. A tech house producer whose style resembles that of Dirty Bird Records and Repopulate Mars. He has been releasing music since last year with three tracks out currently. He has been receiving support from the DJs around the world, opening up for the likes of Wax Motif, John Summit, Dombresky, and The Sponges. Niche has been able to experience a lot of great shows with his House Hats Collective family. Someone who's continued to do big things musically, so I'm intrigued to see what happens next. So without further ado, Niche, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing well, man. How are you? Can't complain, can't complain, you know. Always wish I could be down in Florida, enjoying the weather, enjoying uh, no rules, but, uh, you know, sometimes it happens to be the way it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, definitely, definitely need to come make a visit down down to Miami this summer, especially because they just lifted their curfew like oh, Yeah, yeah, yesterday.
0: It's going to be even more crazy than it already is. I can't wait. I can't wait to see all the stories. Shit. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with you, uh, drinking and letting people get to know the real niche. So with that said, let's take our first shot or drink, whatever you want to do. Cheers. Cheers. I actually found the greatest hard seltzer. It's called Topo. You know Topo Chico? Have you ever heard of it?
1: No, I haven't actually. So,
0: Topo Chico is like a, like a Latin brand for just sparkling water. Mm-hmm. And they ended up just making like a hard seltzer. And it's like, it literally just tastes like really good sparkling water with like shit in it. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I know White Claw. Like, White Claw is good, but it always has that sort of like,
1: yeah, it makes, it's yeah. like a bit
0: much after a while. I feel, I feel that. Yeah, and then Truly is the worst. I
1: hate Truly's, The worst. And then so,
0: like, I, f- I tried this and I was like, damn, this is fucking good.
1: I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out then.
0: Yeah, it's hype. I, I love it. But um, I see you've been DJing all around Florida and making these tech house boppers. Yeah, what made you first want to start DJing house music instead of rap or pop music, which are far more popular styles?
1: So, I I I was originally always the designated ox cord when when it came when it came to my boys' parties. So I was playing rap. I was playing playing Spanish, and then um, summer 2018. I studied abroad in Madrid, and that completely changed like my whole perspective on music, and just like, just, just yeah, just fucking music in general. I, I ended up going to Ibiza, and that's when I started like, like truly like listening to like techno, tech house, some underground music, and then I came back that summer. I I, I don't know how I I saved up like two hundred fifty dollars. I got bought a beginner board. And then right off the bat, I was like, I don't I decided not to even download rap or Spanish. I, I love rap or Spanish, but the reason why I got into DJing was for the energy. Mm-hmm. When I was in Europe, the energy of the crowds, the energy of the performers, it just the whole vibe and and that was based on like this this kind of house music. And that kind of propelled me forward and then I never really did tailgates because I, I always wanted to play like house music. I would always just come in, play a couple of house songs, and and that kind of just that—that's what I love to do. I love I love it when people dance to my music, and I feel like sometimes when you play rap songs, like people bop, but they don't dance.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it was really just the experiences you had in Spain and Ibiza that really made you feel like, holy shit, this is like a whole new world. Like they've yeah. opened my eyes to,
1: Completely but like, obviously more.
0: if you were starting to DJ, probably when you're in college, getting out of college, how did you find the right spots that even wanted to listen to house music? Cause it's, it, I think it's really rare to find that, especially in college.
1: Dude. I, yeah, it's, so I started DJing like two, two years ago. Exactly. And, and my first gig was November 7th, 2019. And that would, that's like very recent. Yeah. So what happened was um, one of my friends, she told me that she knows his kid in beta who she met at, um, at, at one of the pool, at like, at like a pool party. And he he's, was just spewing, spewing her up about how he wanted to start playing house around in Gainesville. And so he she introduced me to him and I, I recorded a mix. I I I met with him. I met with the people and in, like involved. There were probably only like four people in house hats at the time. So I just went to the first meeting. Um, I I mixed for them, and then that week we I, I played my first show, and it was it, it was really hard to find venues mm-hmm. like in Gainesville, especially for like college towns. People just want to hear like rap music. So mm-hmm. we had an in for a venue called Tattoo. Just just because we had a couple of friends who worked there and be- because of that in we kind of set up a, like a weekly tattoo wednesday show and then that just completely changed like Gainesville Gainesville forever like that that was the first first time people started listening to house music and now now people people here like love love it now
0: really so you So obviously, I was going to ask about the House Hats Collective. So would you say you were one of the first founding members of their collective and group? Or did you kind of jump in with them? Or how did that work?
1: So I wouldn't say I was a founding member. Um, The founding members, I would say, are Manny Lopez, um, Jensen, Jensen Diaz. They're they're the two founding members. But I I joined House Hats probably when they are a month in. And so I I was, I was still, I was right basically there from the beginning, but, um, dude, it it started off as just like a promotion company, like, like top tier is, um, is a pretty big promotion, promotional group and, uh, UF and FSU. So we started house ads Mm. because they would just play very open format vibes. They would play EDM, some wubs, like they would play anything. Yeah. And so House Hats, you wanted to dedicate to specifically one genre of music. And and it just took off, dude, and it's been it's been going great. Yeah. Like I'm still amazed that you were cuz
0: a lot of times people just go towards what everyone knows and at the at the same time that's rap. Yeah. Um not just rap, but just top 40s open yeah. format stuff. And like that you guys try to create a whole different lane and you actually got the attention is is so much, one, more fulfilling and two, more impressive because you're able to create something that nobody thought they wanted until they heard it. So yeah. the first show, uh, you said it was at, what was the
1: venue, Tattoo? Yeah, it was Tattoo. It's like a sushi and sake, bar. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that first venue, what happened? Like, how was it? How did it go? Like, what, what ended up going
1: wrong? so so my first show dude it was probably it was probably like one of the best days of my life in all honesty so they they had put me in like prime time set like 11 to 12 pm and so all my friends we like like my whole pledge class i was in a fraternity my whole pc we lived probably like three minutes walking distance from this venue so we just had a huge pregame and then like 20 of them went to the bar downstairs, came up 10, 10, 15 minutes before my set. And dude, I've never seen tattoo that place where I was playing. I've never seen it that packed ever. Really? It was, it was the most ridiculous thing. Like, like I, all my friends were out there chanting, we want niche. And like, <laughs> it was my first time playing. I was obviously like shitting, shitting my brains out, dude. I was freaked <laughs> out. And then just, it was so satisfying, bro. Just seeing like, not even just my friends, bro. Just, just like, like like just anyone who I've met throughout like the past couple of years, they're like, wow, like when you should get a DJ, like I- I'm there. Yeah. It, was, it just made me really happy. And then from then on, I was like, all right, I got to keep this going. I can't, can't let it stop.
0: Yeah. You just got like, you got the itch and you're just like, I got to yeah. keep going. I got, yeah. scr- I got to scratch it. I got to go. I got to <laughs> go. Uh, Like, so that you've been able to create this, this thing with the rest of the crew of house hats and you've been able to build more or less uh, appreciation for house music in Gainesville. Where do you see the trajectory of it? Like obviously Miami's always been a big hub. Orlando's been pretty much like EDM, like, you know, yeah. the big EDM, but like house music is still such a underground thing. Mm-hmm. Where do you see it going from where you guys are in Gainesville around the rest of Florida? Or would you try to like branch out maybe into Georgia?
1: So. Um, the thing with house Hats is uh, I'll just give you li- like a little bit of a background on like like how we started and everything. So it basically started as a promotional promotional group in Gainesville, and over quarantine, um, um, they kind of reevaluated the whole business plan, and now we're actually um an official record label mm. called House Ads Collective, and we have branches in Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Tampa. Orlando, um, and, and Fort Lauderdale. So Damn. we've house ads has branched out all over Florida and obviously cities like, like Miami and Orlando kind of already have the scene. So it's, it's, it's been hard in, in college markets cause you have to market and attract an audience completely differently. But in, in all honesty, dude, for the past two years, like before then, there was no no house. It was some EDM, some Mister Brightside, yeah. Like that. That's all. All it really was. Brightside <laughs> yeah. and two friends. Exactly. But then, but then now, dude. Like we had Gainesville had a show last weekend. Um, Diplo played at a, at an open warehouse. Twenty six hundred people. It, dude. It was ridiculous. That's amazing. Twenty six hundred people. And then Gordo right after. And no then way. We had an after party until until like seven eight a.m. And every show was sold out. That's sick. It was. I. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I graduate in like two weeks, and I was like, damn. Like if if we had started this earlier, like 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 even like a couple of years before, like it would have taken off.
0: Yeah. Like to see the amount of reaction that you've gotten and like a short amount of time that like you pretty much fed something that no one thought was actually a thing and you just made like sure people realized it. That's fucking awesome. And for that said, let's take a shot to you and the rest of the house hats collective. Like that's dope. Cheers damn that's amazing like that's such a great feeling and satisfying feeling that you were able to fucking do all that shit that's awesome it
1: it makes me so happy man like people were like hitting me up like hey like do you know this song do you know this song and i love sending people like house music especially kids like especially my friends who only listen to rap yeah and like they asked me for house i it makes me so happy
0: Dude, like when I st- so like I used to be like you, when you were saying like having the aux cord, you know, <laughs> always being the guy, the designated guy. I was that guy back in uh college when I was like going through, cause I played soccer. So we had yeah. like our soccer house, like parties. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was the designated DJ. Yeah. And then, um, like finally I was like, all right, I'm the designated DJ. I'm going to try to DJ. So, but I didn't want to, because like rap music and all that just didn't really like, I don't know motivate me
1: enough there's not enough energy in it
0: yeah i think it's just like everyone does it everyone knows it it's just like okay cool but like then i ended up moving to london in 2019 beginning of 2019 for um for like a music internship and then that's when i really dived into djing and i got like as you were saying like my first ever like i started djing probably really like trying in 2018 uh, no, no no yeah 2018 maybe and then like 2019 I got my first ever gig in London and wow. I was just like holy shit holy shit holy <laughs> shit but uh That's, yeah, yeah. I ended up like playing you know like open format everything and then when I first got to play my first ever like real house music gig it like I was like this is the greatest like <laughs> it wasn't like the place was packed but I was just like I love this this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever oh my god Dude, it's, my- it's awesome
1: that's that's amazing, bro. I and I feel that so heavy because so I, I started two years ago and and I my first time not DJing in my bedroom, it was it was for my fraternity car wash. So I was on the roof of the frat house and I was I was playing some like chami and mala and one of the older brothers comes up to me. He's like, Yo, this is the worst music I've ever heard in my life. And <laughs> I just lowered the volume and then I was like, All right, bet I'm gonna keep playing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, Yo, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> yeah, fuck that shit. I'm and gonna then, keep doing my shit. <laughs>
1: and now, bro, this kid came to my set like two weeks ago, and yeah. he was like, "Nish, bro, like that was fire." <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh goddamn, that's awesome. But um, I actually, so you mentioned uh prior that you own your own lacrosse company, which yeah. you started back in high school. What is the company, and uh, why'd you even start
1: it? So the company's name is Galaxy Lacrosse Co. Um, I started it because I was um, uh, going into my senior year of high school. And I, I, actually, I actually grew up in a small town in, um, in East Tennessee called Kingsport. So I, I lived in a very small town for like 14 years of my life. And one of my friends had just moved back from Asheville, North Carolina, and he had just started playing lacrosse. I instantly like fell in love with the sport and I, w- I was very involved in school. Like, the principal was my boy. So I was like, hey, like, how do I start a team? Like, I, I, I know so many kids who want to play this sport. Like, I know I can get get people. And then he was like, yeah, like, you can start a team. But then because of Title IX, you have to recruit an, an equal amount of girls to have uh, a girls, girls' high school team. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find enough girls who wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that um, Dick's Sporting Goods and U.S. Lacrosse, we're kind of like giving out grants to like small towns and and funding um small like local lacrosse leagues. Oh. so I reached out to the Northeast Tennessee Sports Association, and they helped me kind of get in contact with Dix and US Lacrosse, and so we got a grant and we started um a lacrosse league ages U seven to U seventeen, incorporating four different cities. And I was a minor at the time, so I created my own company. So I, because I didn't want my parents' help, they're like, oh, because they wanted my parents to sign all the papers, and I wanted to just go everywhere by myself. Yeah. So I ended up creating my own company. We started a lacrosse league, U seven to U seventeen, and that summer, I actually ended up moving to Florida after our first game. I moved to South Florida, but then I kind of transitioned my company into like a, a lacrosse gear company. So I would I would just have like I I would go to Dick's Sporting Goods and realize that this is the worst equipment possible and that kids were getting into the sport they can't even catch and catch and throw catch and catch and throw with like the shitty sticks yeah and so I learned I learned how to string I would string heads for people all over the U S I sent some lacrosse heads to people in London Decent. I had a, I made my own clothing line for a bit. So like it was nice, dude. It was it's pretty nice because it's an art. Like stringing a lacrosse head is an art because yeah. you have to adapt the the bag or like the pocket to to fit your playing style, and it's different for every single person. Oh. And I did that until pro- like I I did that my freshman year of college too when I I played at Emory mm. um, a little bit, and then I ended up transferring to UF, and it kind of died down once I like got into music and everything.
0: Yeah. But it's still interesting that you're able to start that and like you kind of found like a a niche and then you obviously, you fell in love with the sport and then you learned so much about it that you knew how to like, you know, properly create a head on your own. And that's that's awesome. Like I I didn't even know that that, like I played soccer, so I didn't know too much about lacrosse personally, but like to know that like each i guess uh head is different for everyone is kind of cool that you like knew how to do that and you're stringing you were sending out to london and shit (laughs) no it was
1: was nice i definitely met a lot of cool people doing that like on like social media there's a lot of people on in that community here are just like great people
0: yeah do you still uh like play a bit now or you kind of like let it go
1: dude i haven't played in so long sometimes when i go go um home back back to south florida i just throw around shoot around with some of my friends but it's it's died down a lot i i never i didn't play after my freshman year of college i kind of stopped
0: damn it sucks It, it it's rough though because like obviously lots of stuff stuff starts coming back and like you can't like you know put your focus on too many different yeah, things it's because it's if you do yeah yeah it's just it um but like to say that like obviously you were a business owner now you're dj producer you're going to college things must be hectic for you personally how do you manage though to deal with so many different things
1: on your plate at the moment so yeah bro i'm doing my master's in real estate right now so this this year has definitely been like the hardest year for me school-wise and this is the year where i've kind of taken over like Gainesville house hats because Manny and Jensen graduated. I kind of became the branch manager,
0: mm. but
1: to manage my time, dude, we, I, I we have a really good team in the Gainesville team has approximately like 140 members. Sure. And, and one of my friends, um, Jack 10, he, he's my, my co branch manager. So he knows how stressed out I've been with, with school. Yeah. So we kind of just like, if if I can't do something is delegated to him, or he delegates it to someone else. And then as long as there's one person kind of on top of things, then the other person can kind of like sit back and like relax, focus on what they need to focus on, and then help out later. Yeah,
0: that's good that you have like such a strong community of people around you to help. And like, you're not like all feeling like this is all on me.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's good. That, that means like you're able to really kind of focus on so many different things and not feel like bogged down or like tied down or like, you know, this shit might not work out. Like, you know, it's like, Hey, this can, this has chance because of other people that are helping and you're willing to delegate, which is even better. Yeah. Um, and it's just like. It's it, and as you were saying, like this whole year has been really stressful for you, apparently, spe- specific, specifically, shit, uh, <laughs> because of like schoolwork, growing through your master's program. So, as a college kid, through this whole year of COVID, how has it been, really, as a student? We kind of talked about it offline, but like for you personally, how has it been?
1: So, right off the bat, dude. Last year, we I just gotten back from Cancun from spring for spring break. My whole literally all of UF went to Cancun. <laughs> it was it was the craziest spring break of my life. Yeah. We all got back and they're like, all right, time to go home. And I did not want to go back and live with my parents, man. Like after like just having my own space, like three years away from them, I was just not ready to go back and deal with that. Yeah. I, I went back though and it was kind of hard at first, dude. Like it's hard waking up on time. Like it's hard because it, it's nice. Like when you're at school, there's always people around you. Yeah. And when you're at home, like I, I don't want to like talk to my mom about like like classes and stuff. So like I'm just I just stay in my room all day and do class. And then they they're always like trying to come in. They're like, hey, like what's up? Let's go do this. And they're like, mom, I'm in class. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't really understand. But then I've kind of grown accustomed to it. Like it, it was hard at first, but throughout the year, um, I feel like. Bunch of kids in my program kind of we just we all got used to just doing everything online mm. and like especially like presentations and stuff not gonna lie it's made them kind of easier really? because you don't have to present in front of like physical people true and so like when people aren't there like staring at you and you're just like you're kind of just looking at a screen it kind of takes it it takes takes the stress away yeah. and so it, it's been getting easier but you can. I don't know about my grades, though. That's a that's a whole different story.
0: <laughs> yeah, that shit happens. <laughs> yeah, goddamn. Yeah, because like, if you don't feel, I guess, like somebody's on top of you, it it gets a bit like difficult to stay motivated, and especially doing schoolwork, which sucks. Like, yeah. it's difficult, and I can assume you must have had those issues.
1: And dude, if you don't check your emails, like that's that's like the hard part. Like sometimes I miss an email. And then I'm like, it's not that I miss it. It's that I've accidentally read it and then I just completely forget. Yeah. Just bites you in the ass. Yeah,
0: no, I, I know that That's too the well. The
1: toughest thing about online school, 100%, just yeah. being on top of checking everything daily. Yeah.
0: No, just like making sure that you don't forget that you read an email is actually the hardest thing. Like even <laughs> now, I have that issue. Like I know, like I have like four different email accounts, which... Probably isn't the smartest thing, but like I try to keep them all together and then I check them on my phone and then I'll see something that's important because there's all the other bullshit like Google or like some random other like thing that you signed up for like four years ago that keeps sending you shit. Um, But yeah, like I always keep checking and like I'll check it by accident and then like all later on I'll forget. Like I was like, oh fuck, I need to respond to that. And then you have to go back and like search. God damn, I hate that so much.
1: And then find that specific email, even though it was already read.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's the fucking worst. Oh, my God. But um that you're able to so far be able to make it through and you see the finish line. I feel like that's great for you and other people going through college at mo- this moment in time. Like, you know, like there is the, I guess, the light at the end of the tunnel where one, you're graduating, which is nice for you personally. But for other people, it's like we can kind of go back to a bit of regular shit. Uh, especially for schoolwork, which is very difficult, and especially to keep yourself motivated. Online school is difficult. I actually had my master's degree online. Holy okay. fuck. That was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hard. So goddamn hard. But for that, let's take a shot to you. Keep it on top of your schoolwork. Come on now. Cheers. Now, looking at your IG profile, I saw some interesting photos that I want you to, I want some explanation on. All right. um, so the first one, I'm actually going way back. In the day, November thirteenth, twenty sixteen, to be exact. Wow! You seem to be doing some Bollywood dancing.
1: Oh my god!
0: Um, I I saw it. I think. Uh, what was the, what was the caption? It was a good caption. It was a good caption. But um, oh no! I need now. I need to go to your profile. But I I saw it, and I just want to know, like, what
1: was going on here? <coughs> so the caption was. Punjabi are the battery charged and that's in Punjabi that means like Punjabi's batteries are always charged so like we always bring the energy mm. and and uh, I was actually funny story, I was on an Indian dance team my uh, my freshman year of college at Emory mm-hmm. University so I I I was I was dating an Indian girl too. She was on the other dance team. I was on this one. Shit. It was it was it was funny. But <laughs> it was nice, dude. I made made a lot of friends, lifelong friends, and I learned a lot about like my culture and mm-hmm. just like the like tradition. Like my dad was so happy that I was on this dance team. He would like tell his friends from back home, just gas me up and <laughs> I I don't know, dude, I couldn't do it at UF, bro. I like joined a fraternity. There was just so much going on, Yeah, but it was definitely, definitely a fun year. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. It's like a, it is such a unique thing. Cause like, you yeah. know, how many people can
1: say that they've done this ever in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely, definitely connected me to my culture. I felt, I felt very Indian. <laughs> <laughs> how good were you? Um, s- uh, dude, I'm like I don't know. I'm pretty good. I'm a great dancer. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, lie. I'm pretty fucking dope. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm a good dancer. I never competed because yeah. I was I was like a freshman and all the like the comp people were older. Mm. But that was that was at um, a show that was like at a festival called Diwali. The and they let uh, like the new people dance. So it was nice. I don't know. Dancing's in my blood. I feel like I feel like my dad my dad my my uncle my my aunt they're just they'd all just love that
0: that's sick, so have you brought out any of your dance moves in the recent years?
1: Oh my God, no, dude, my <laughs> friends would make fun of me they would they, they would never never hold it they would never let it go
0: fuck you gotta you gotta bring them out sometime like next set you got like you just start going
1: crazy <laughs> <laughs> Dude, not gonna lie? I've been thinking about kind of incorporating. Some like um Indian Indian vocal lyrics in and like house songs, kind of like like how Jamie Jamie Jones does a little bit. Yeah, because like I, there's not many like Indian like full Indian DJs that like that I know of at least, and yeah, and I feel like if I if I can connect, kind of connect like my my culture to like like what I love, I can reach like such a vast audience, dude. Like India is crazy population exactly
0: no i think you that would be a really good idea because it's not like i i've heard jamie jones use um a couple you know Indian lyrics overall but like incorporating some sort of like a sitar or some crazy instrument that's like uniquely from that culture or utilizing some sort of Bollywood music sampling that or sampling some vocals from that is so cool that not a lot of people have done and obviously tying back into your roots and like going to that sort of culture is like amazing and you should definitely try that maybe i'll make a
1: remix and i'll, I'll send you a private link
0: <laughs> i can't wait to hear it i can't wait to hear it uh i'm thinking of like uh punjabi mc you know how uh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like i want i want that i want that tech house banger <laughs> all
1: right do you know what song i got an acapella for for like a couple of weeks ago you know the songs like dunuk 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 yeah it's like the most generic Indian song, and in every I feel like every white person knows that song. <laughs> You'd kill uh, it with that. <laughs> you could drop that. it in a set, and everybody's
0: like, oh, shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just got the acapella. I sat there and I was like, all right, I'm not doing this now. <laughs> <to you> later.
0: <laughs> I can't now. Oh, God. But that's awesome that you're able to do that. Like that, that's a really cool experience overall that you were able to take part of and really kind of hone in on. And it's now, you know, something that you can use for in the future. Um, now, there's another photo. All these photos happen to be from 2016 because I went back and I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw some good stuff. But here's one from January 28th. 2016, where you seem to be crawling on a gymnasium floor with some girl. Um, I guess you're holding hands. I don't really know. But the <laughs> caption says, Oh my God, look at her butt. Could you tell me what's going on here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had just transferred to, um, I just moved to Florida and I was, I transferred as a senior in high school. Damn. And so, everyone was telling me, oh, it's going to be a rough transition. Oh, like, I'll try to make friends, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm kind of an extrovert. I joined the lacrosse team, made friends pretty easily. I was actually voted um, Mr. U school. And because my school was uh, it's called university school. Mm. So I come in, they nominate me Mr. U school. It's because like, when I grew up in Tennessee, we were a very like, like small southern Friday night lights football football kind of school yeah. so i would I just like brought so much energy to the games like like so much like I was on I was like the president of like the junior class um back back when I was in Tennessee, so I was just very involved in like all of that so mm-hmm. this was actually at um a pep rally with um one of my um friends who was on the the girls across team and so they had they had like an obstacle course. <laughs> and they um, they taped our wrists together, and we had to go through the obstacle course. And our I, when I saw this picture, and our faces were just wide open. And I just I had I just felt like that caption fit.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. That one that you're able to that you moved in your senior year of high school and had to like start a new school senior year. That's rough. But that you're an extrovert and you're able to like pretty much take it all gun ho is is pretty pretty dope um so what's the, what's mr u what was it
1: M- uh M- mr u school it's what just like i would like the most school spirit kind uh, of shit just like you know like the senior superlatives yeah it was just it was just that i don't know D- they're like oh this because it's like a private school dude and kids kids have been going there since they were like in preschool like my graduating oh class like 100 kids and they're like, "Oh, this lit ass random kid from Tennessee just transferred in, like as a senior, like yeah. Party.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like we all love him. Holy shit, <laughs> that's crazy. That you one, that's a small fucking school, but so two strong. that you're able to make an impact <laughs> that quickly. No, yeah, it,
1: was, it was great. It was definitely, definitely a it definitely um chain changed me a lot. Like, yeah. it, like coming from like Tennessee, moving to like Florida definitely change changed me. Like pe- people see me now and they're like, oh yeah, you're you're a South Florida kid. And they see my like my area code and they're like, dude, like where are you from? I'm like, <laughs> oh. Oh, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not from here, but okay, cool. <laughs> like that that's that's so weird, like the transition that you had to make because Tennessee is way different than South Florida. Um like way different. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Especially small town Tennessee. Um and that you went to such a small school, which is also interesting.
1: Yeah, my, my school in Tennessee, bro, is like triple the size of my school in Florida. Wow. Like my parents didn't really want to put me in a private school as a senior just because like, oh, sorry. Pub, they didn't want to put me in a public school as a senior hmm. because they they just felt like there's so many kids. And they wanted my sister and I to go to like the same school together. Mm. and then it just kind of worked out we both got in so they're like all right as long as like you two are together like go yeah yeah
0: true so as long as you both are together it's at least you know yeah gonna be a bit easier um yeah. but now final photo again 2016 <laughs> uh i feel like you probably weren't the same age you were in 2016 in this photo but that might give you a hint this photo is from march 30th 2016. You were looking like an absolute legend here in your football jersey, holding a football (laughs) with the caption, number 35 on the field, but always number one in our heart. Oh, in your heart, actually. But what was the story behind your football career and why did it stop?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, dude, wow. I just pulled that picture out. My flow looks gorgeous. It does, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So that was um, in seventh grade, I think. Um, so I played football my seventh and eighth grade uh, in middle school. And I was I was in the middle school band. I played saxophone. I was Thanks. like first chair sax going nice. to all these like, like music tournaments and shit. And then I like joined honors men's choir too, bro. And then I joined drama and I joined the football team. I literally just feel like I was trying everything I could do just to like figure out what I like. Mm. And and football was fun. I was the slowest kid on the field, but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would, like I don't know, dude. There's so much aggression. It's like I I love just like just seeing someone and just running across the field and just like knocking them over. But then, I, like I wasn't wasn't the best. I play, I I was decent yeah. decent second string guy. <laughs> but um, my so my high school after I finished eighth grade, my high school was like a big feeder school to like, um, university of Tennessee. Oh shit. Dude. They had like 300 pound linemen and stuff. My parents went to a game. They saw like someone get like carted off and they're like, yeah. So like, you're not playing football here. (laughs) And then (laughs) (laughs) that kind of, that kind of, uh, just like stopped my career. I have, I have like kidney issues. Mm. And so they're, they're worried about me getting like, like hidden hit like somewhere in that area. And just everything, like, spiring downhill. So I, I was on the swim team for a couple of years, but I played tennis. Uh, I I was on the tennis team. I've been playing, like, tennis basically, like, my whole life. Mm. And I kind of gave up on that. I got, like, tennis elbow, and then that's when I got into lacrosse. I still oh, okay. had that aggression, like, football had. So, like, I still like that. But mm. then you were still, like, doing, like, upper, upper body stuff, like, kind of like tennis. Like, not like tennis, but, like, yeah. sa- something.
0: Something, uh, you're utilizing oh, all- your yeah. hand-eye coordination yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> but that's that's probably the best thing that you didn't keep playing football because, you know, you look like an animal there. But I don't <laughs> know if 300-pound linemen were going to eat you. Um, but, you know, obviously you found a difference. You found different sports, swimming. You've then played tennis, then you've gotten to lacrosse, which you ended up loving. I think that's a great thing that you're able to try out all these different sports. Um, and like, you know, it's one of those things. You want to try out as many things that you can and whatever works, works. Like whatever you enjoy the best yeah. comes out, you know, that way. Exactly. And like, obviously, lacrosse does have some sort of physical contact. It's not the same, yeah. but it is something. And that's yeah. probably what you enjoyed.
1: Definitely, dude. I I I loved it. It was fun. I I made some of some of my closest friends like moving to Florida, playing lacrosse, and dude, just like having like without lacrosse, dude, I I wouldn't have been able. I I can't say that like I was like now I can say I was 16 years old and I started my own company. Yeah, and like without lacrosse, like I would never have been able to say that.
0: Exactly, like you you created something because you loved lacrosse, and you know your journey from being that football stud. To lacrosse, (laughs) superstar, you know, it had to start somewhere. So, with that said, let's take our another shot to that. You've moved around a lot in your life from Buffalo to Tennessee and now to Florida. Throughout all of this movement, though, what major things have really changed for you and where do you or where do you think you feel the most at home?
1: So, Buffalo, I moved when I was like less than a year old, so I don't really remember much of it. Tennessee, I think definitely made me the person who I am today, um, because when I moved to South Florida, um, a lot of kids that I would hang out with, especially like being at a private school, were very like material orient- oriented, and like growing up in like a small southern town, like you, like you're never gonna meet nicer people in that city than you will anywhere else in the rest of the world, yeah. and I feel like that kind of. Made me who I am today. Like I, I try to please everyone. I try to just make everyone happy, and I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that ties into music too. Like when I DJ, like when I'm like when I'm behind, when I'm on decks, I try to, I look for the crowd's reaction. I want them to be happy, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. Tennessee, Tennessee made me who I am today, but I'm not a Tennessee kid anymore. <laughs> I can. Assure you that i feel so at so at home in my in miami right now yeah like i, I love it there dude just waking up and just like being even in close proximity to the wa- water just the good weather like i feel like it just cheers you up like if you walk outside and you like you're kind of like stuffy and it's a great day you just, you know you just smile and then sinuses is cleared and you're good to go
0: yeah it just it's changed your outlook on everything
1: yeah Definitely, like growing up in a small town, definitely changed changed me. But like, lit. I I need I need a city. I need I love the city life now. Mm.
0: Yeah, I I'm with you on that. Like being out of the city is nice for a little bit, but then it just doesn't compare to what you can do in the city. Yeah, uh. especially for you, what you've gone to do, which is music. You need to be in a city like you have to be in a city to one play a show to be in front of other people whether it be just giving your music out to them or talking to other people and stuff like that like obviously now we have the internet that you can literally do what we're doing right now we're over we're doing this pretty much over a zoom call but like you can't like i couldn't experience like actually the city of miami without being there like you couldn't experience the city of dc without being there something like that And that's like what you need. And I think city life is way better than being in the country. And 100%. I assume you agree. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things that you just, I don't know. There's just something about it. And when you're making music, you have to be there mm-hmm. and you have to do it. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it makes sense that you said, like, you became the person you are today through Tennessee, but you're definitely a South Florida kid.
1: Yeah yeah, hundred percent,
0: yeah, and so I think I think that would kind of make me want to ask, like because of Tennessee, did that shape your initial musical taste, or did you grow a better musical taste when you got to South Florida?
1: So a little bit of a little bit of both I, so my family actually lived in South Florida. So every, every summer I would come down, like play tennis, spring break, I would just come hang out. So I was always really into Spanish music. Mm. I was th- the only kid in East Tennessee who would play Spanish music. Can <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that definitely, South Florida definitely shaped it there. But I did get into EDM in Tennessee, like oh, really? the first people who like got me into like EDM, like Avicii, Kaigo and and a bunch of my like my 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 close friend group you would all listen to like EDM like Tiësto, Alesso, just like that, that kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah. And so that that kind of got me into EDM, but Florida definitely shaped me because I I got to experience like just going out. I got right. to experience like like just shows, festivals. I went to Life in Color and I went to Ultra my senior year of high school and there's there were like my first like like festival kind, mm. kind of experience and like even though the music obviously isn't like what, what I play now but it it definitely propelled me towards enjoying this kind of music yeah it, it, but I, I did start appreciating rap, oh, sorry, country, a, rap, a lot more when I moved out of Tennessee.
0: Really? Once you moved out it, of Tennessee?
1: Yeah, it was just too saturated. Like, everyone uh-huh. would listen to country, and I was like, bro, like, I can't, like, do something else. And then now, like, sometimes, sometimes occasionally it's like Sunday, I'm drinking a beer, I'll play, I'll play a little country song.
0: Ugh, I can't get behind <laughs> that. I can't get behind that. I just hate country music too much.
1: I don't know what it is. There's only like three I can I can tolerate, to be honest. Like three. Wait, let me
0: let me guess one.
1: Let's hear it. Is
0: it wagon wheel?
1: Nah, it's not.
0: (laughs) I feel like that's played all the fucking time. Good,
1: great guess though. (laughs) I know,
0: right? (laughs) What are they? What are the three?
1: Dude, like Toes, Zach Brown Brown band, like Sweet Home Alabama. Classic. Fuck, dude. I'm blanking on the third. I don't know. I'm, I'll leave it at two, I'll leave it at two. <laughs> Just those <laughs> fucking two.
0: Cause like, I, like Virginia, but I grew up in Northern Virginia. So it's not like yeah. you really have that much country. Like there's a bit like, but it's not really there. Yeah. But like, once I went to um, when I, like my first school was down south in North Carolina. And then I transferred to Indianapolis. And once I got to Indianapolis, people fucking loved country music. And I was like, no where the fuck am I? Um, <laughs> and so like, I started listening to it and I was like, I hate this, It sucks. Like, because everyone wants to listen to it. And I'm just like, no. Like, I don't want to listen to this bullshit. And then I went down south to Georgia Southern where, you know, you're in the heart of it. And yeah. I, again, fuck that shit.
1: <laughs> Dude, I can't imagine people in Indianapolis. I don't. I can't even imagine what music they listen to. Exactly. Like, what right? What it's th- like weird. In <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: it's a lot of country. It's a lot of pop. And it's a lot of rap. Like, like I... Because I was more into EDM, you know, like the the yeah. Chami, like that, like Kygo, yeah. whatever. But like I would always play some random shit. Like I would play some like big poppy EDM tunes and people were like, oh, that's pretty dope. Like, because like we had like a, a couple people from all over the country, like from Arizona, even people internationally, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, like people would like it. But most of the time, you know, you want to hear rap, you want to hear like the dance songs, whatever. Um, but I, I, whenever I played something like, oh, random as hell, people would love it. But it was more like, you know, you're going to get rap. You like, I would never allow anybody to play a country song. Like we wouldn't, we literally had a rule in our dressing room. You could not play country. If you play country, you lose like ox privileges. And like, it was, it was, it was a rap. Like no one would ever play country. Um, but yeah, that was a big thing was like people loved it. Um, uh but yeah more more so rap um some pop music country music uh things like that like you know big edm shit like two yeah. friends um but <laughs> house house music and like underground really isn't a thing in indiana um not now that i think about it I, but which is weird because detroit has a huge like underground techno yeah. tech house house scene and also cincinnati surprisingly has like a decent house scene
1: feel like it's definitely spreading especially to like places now that like haven't been into the house scene i feel like it's house music's definitely spreading all over
0: yeah i i've i've really seen that more so because like i didn't really appreciate it until i moved to london house music in general and then now i'm seeing it popping up everywhere in the US, like some of the biggest names internationally are now American DJs and you would never have thought about that prior because it's not a thing here. Yeah. And now seeing like John Summit fucking killing it and getting like some of the biggest shows. And also like everyone's following him. And then there's a couple other people like West End. He's doing great. Uh, Sid, he's doing great. He has like night service only. Uh, Lee Foss Foss has been killing it. Huh? They're all the boys, dude. Exactly. Lee Foss has been killing it with Repopulate Mars. But now it's like, obviously it's getting even bigger. Like that's Mm -hmm. the crazy thing about it. Like I never expected this when I was in fucking college. When I was graduating college in 2017, like I I never thought about house music or anything. Yeah. And it's just like, now that it's like one of the bigger things and I love it. It's amazing. That's why I'm like, it like motivates me to like see the scene kind of slowly grow, especially in the US. It's always Mm -hmm. been a thing over in the UK, but it's never been really prominent in the US. And now it's becoming prominent. And it's like, it's a good wave to jump on now because it's still just starting.
1: It's still growing, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Hey, with that said, let's take our last shot (laughs) to that house wave. You came out with a track called Maria at the beginning of this year. Is there anything you want to say about this track or any other music you have coming out very soon?
1: So, Maria was my first all-platform release. I I started uh, producing um, in quarantine back in April, last April, so I'm I'm still fairly new to the game. I had made um a, a track called "Come on on Soundcloud. It's very housey it's, it's simple, it's simple house, not tech house, just house. Mm. and then I made a remix with um one of my friends um his d j name's triz we We made a remix for Music please from Deadleft, and it was he taught he taught me like a lot about just drum like tech house drums and how to kind of like change change my sound mm. but Maria. When I started that track, dude, it sounded like a straight bass house song. Really? It was it like straight bass house, and I opened for um, West End in Orlando, Dumb, and I, he like he he's he's the absolute man. I, I found out he was doing like a production lesson, so I sh- I shot him over a text, and then he hopped on a Zoom call with me, like um, listen to my track. He was like nish dude i don't think you would ever play this in a set he's like when you make music you should try to produce something that you can play and it flows with the other music that you play mm. and he kind of helped me redo the whole vibe and and like that it dude, it, it sounds like it's like minimal minimal tech now yeah. like minimal tech house it's nothing like when it sounded orig- like originally and. <laughs> I, it's i don't know dude it it's it made me really happy my first all platform release yeah like i my, one of my friends was opening for Diplo he played it the other day um my boys' boats played it on dirty bird live stream so it's it's been getting some love and like huge shout out to everyone who's been supporting that track It like really means a lot to me yeah other other than that though um I have another original I'm working on. It's about weed. Tight. Fun song. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm working on that. Um, and I have another collab I'm working on with two two collabs. I'm working on with two of my Gainesville house ad friends. Oh. And I'm playing at, at a song music festival in uh, Melbourne, Florida. On It's May 7th and 8th weekend. I'm playing on May 7th. Nice. So hopefully going to be rinsing those three IDs. Yeah. I um at the music festival. That's try to get get him finished up and mastered before then. Definitely,
0: yo, that's sick. That's awesome. That's all. Like, it's the progression that it starts. Like randomly, you start making music in you know quarantine because it was like something you wanted to try. Yeah, West End, great guy. Actually, I did a production course with yeah. him. Uh, I, I did a repopulate. So I I started production end of last year. So literally December. Yeah, I should have started earlier, but. I just had all the excuses in the world like everyone does. Um, and then so, I started and I wanted to do something like I wanted to kind of immerse myself. So, I did a production course with Populate Mars. Amazing course. Really, really helped me. Really informative. West End was right at the end when his new track with Sid ended up dropping with his jump
1: jumping yeah
0: so they did like a breakdown a little bit of the track and he just said like oh i'm also doing like one-on-one production courses been doing it like hit me up i hit him up and he's super cool about everything like and he was just like yeah like if you want to do one we can do it and i had like one track i'd been working on nothing cool and he was just like oh this is not bad but like you need more variation you need to add this 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 and it's like it definitely opens up your mind a bit more to understand like okay once you have, like, a solid groove, next it's just adding things, like yeah. little synths, little effects, little things that just sprinkle on top. The
1: ear candy. It's the ear candy that makes house special. Everyone exactly. loves
0: that. Exactly. That's what you need to do. That's really the major thing about it. But. Again, we could keep talking, but I appreciate you, Nish. Thank you so much for being on here with me um, Always, doing man. this podcast. This has been amazing. Learning more about you, learning everything about your whole career. Um, but everybody else, thank you so much for listening. Follow us at Take A Shot With Me Music on IG. Follow us on Spotify and rate us 5 Stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow Niche at Young Niche young underscore Niche um and keep listening to his music but again thank you so much niche for doing this really appreciate you and everyone else see you all next time